Hello, sacred beings. Welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. Join us as we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. Expanding consciousness and deepening awareness to support you in leading a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. I'm your host, Britt Lynn, energetic cartographer and personal transformation coach. I'm your host, Tana Lina, a certified astrologer, rebirth coach, and sorceress. If you're brand new here, welcome, beloved. We are so grateful, so happy to have you here. If you're a seasoned sacred being, welcome back. Thank you so much for your support, for your listenership, and we look forward to seeing you in the show. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome sacred beings to Sacred Sister Podcast. We are sitting here with the beautiful Shannon Mulligan Mernick, who is a herbalist and plant medicine maker. And we are so excited um, to be diving into the power of plants. Shannon is also um, an apprentice of herbalist or graduate apprentice of herbalist Robin Rose Bennett and a recent graduate of the Chestnut School of Herbs. So thank you so much for being here, Shannon. We're so excited. Having me. I'm so excited to be here and honored to sit in circle with you both today. It's going to be nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was saying I'm so excited because you're the first herbalist that we've ever featured on Sacred Sister Podcast. I know I myself have a ton of questions for you, and <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of collective questions that probably a lot of people just don't know about the realm of herbalism and feel like so many of us have been stripped away, especially city dwellers, stripped Mm -hmm. away from the sort of natural, um, even the plants of our natural landscapes before they were densely inhabited and things like this. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah, before we even dive into the conversation, I'm curious, can we turn the platform over to you and bless us with some of your wisdoms, some of your medicine and anything that's moving through you that you want to help ground down the sacred sister audience. Yeah, with. absolutely. So I'll ask that you lightly close your eyes or you could, you know, close your eyes completely. Um, if you're driving, don't do that, but um, just kind of take a moment to ground yourself to, you know, um, say thanks to everything we have around us, the plants, the animals, the mushrooms, the stars, the moon, the sky, sisterhood, and just take a moment to, you know, reflect or to accept what we're going to chat about today and to really just, just be, you know, that's, I think a lot of times we have to just be and allow us to accept and, you know, take in what we may be hearing and apply it, you know, throughout your day, your week, your month, and yeah, I, I think it's just take a deep breath in, maybe take a deep breath out, and let's just have a great conversation today. Thank you. Mm, thank you so much. My goodness. There's such subtle spirits 
aren't they? <laughs> the plants. Yes. Oh, yes. Could also be very strong though, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm really curious to know like what what little Shannon um was like and whether I I feel like just now as I was listening to your voice, I was like seeing a little version of you just prancing around in a meadow <laughs> and talking to the plants. And I'm just really curious to know um where this communion with plants really began and yeah. where you started feeling called into this line of work or devotional uh vocation. Yeah. So it was, um, it actually wasn't as a young child. I also grew up, you know, in a city mm. and, um, really I didn't grow up garden. You know, my parents didn't garden. I, you know, was outside constantly, but it wasn't anything like I am now. Um, it really started probably in my late twenties, early thirties. Um, I took one class with Robin Rose Bennett. So this was 14 years ago or so. And, literally fell in love with the idea of plant medicine. I had never, I was never introduced to it beforehand. I wasn't familiar with it. Um, I had worked in a greenhouse in my high school days, but other than that, it was no real connection with the earth, with the plants. It was just, you know, going about my everyday. So that one class really, I came home, I told my husband, I said, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. So it, it was one class. It literally was one class. (laughs) And then it just, you know, the past 14 years, it's been learning. It's been reading, taking courses, studying, um, going to, you know, events and things and just connecting with other like-minded women and men who are, you know, immersed in this world of herbalism or nature or medicine, you know, it's literally out our back door. So it's really fun to explore. It's fun to teach and share. And it's just, it, it's become my life pretty much not in like a weird obsessive sense, but. (laughs) Wow. Yes. And it's amazing. You've gathered um, uh, over 165,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, so many people that you're serving, uh, yeah. through your wisdom that you're sharing. So we're yeah. so happy that you, <laughs> you know, we're so happy that you followed your heart, you know, it's yeah. moments. like what made you reach out and take that class? Was there like health issues before where you like, I don't want to deal with allopathic medicine anymore. I'm going to find something else. Mm-hmm. Was that inner voice that, you know, what, yeah. what did it, 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 it wasn't really. And, and I always think about that. I said, I almost feel like, you know, coming into this, I didn't have any health issues. I, I mean, and I am, you know, forever grateful for that, but it was just a, a, a co-worker of mine, I was working in publishing and a co-worker of mine said, do you want to go to a class with me? And I said, yeah, why not? You know, a night out, it'll be fun. Um, but really if from there, it just, it, it became everything I was doing and it took me, you know, quite some time to get to where I am now. Um, like I said, I was working a corporate job after years of studying and learning and, you know, being immersed in this world of herbalism, I finally did leave that job because it was just 
pretty much sucking the life out of me. And I got a job at a local farm. And I again, once again, went back into the greenhouse work. Um, and I spent three years there where then we were able to grow Marina Kitchen, my husband and I. Um, he's always been a gardener. He grew up gardening. He always was interested in plant medicine. He used to make all sorts of things throughout his college, you know, days. Um, so he really, it was always on his mind to be gardening, farming, things like he always wanted to go back to that. So when then I became interested, it was just a perfect match for us to really start doing something with it. And in 2015 is when we launched Marina Kitchen and it's just continually grown since then. So beautiful. Wow. I love hearing these stories of unfoldment and I want to take you on a, on another avenue of unfoldment. Hannah and I were just having a conversation yesterday where I was sharing with her, um, just some of the first crystals that I had worked with on a really deep level that Mm -hmm. viscerally I, my relationship with crystals, they're seeing them as just like these rocks, like literally changed as a result of Mm -hmm. having really deep intention with working with them, working with my own energy. And I'm really curious, is there like, um, a first moment or one of your first moments that you had a visceral experience, um, working with plants that, that the calling started coming from a very viscerally mm. like cellular mm-hmm. place. Like yeah. this is my path. Uh, I yeah, work yeah, with yeah. these plants. <laughs> yeah. Um, so mugwort um, is my first and forever. Uh, she was my first plant ally um, during my apprenticeship is when I learned to really sit and listen to the plants to observe how they're growing, you know, what, from everything, you know, what bugs are being attracted to it, what bugs aren't being attracted to it. And really just sitting and listening to what she had to share. Mm -hmm. So mugwort is one of my absolute favorite plants. Um, A lot of folks call it a weed. It is very invasive. It's will take over anyone's garden, but it is my like go-to. So whenever someone's like, oh, these weeds, this, that, and the other thing, I'm always like, they're not weeds. She's medicine. She could help you. You know, it's so mugwort, absolutely. And it was during one of my practices when I was in my apprenticeship that we literally, she, Robin kind of just sent us on our way to go sit with a plant. And just, that was the first time I ever really sat like with a plant and watched it, watch how the breeze kind of took it. And it was just from then on, it's like, you have to sit with the plant. You have to learn how to make medicine with the plant. You need to connect with the plant. It's not just a weed, you know? So that's kind of how I now even look at plants to this, you know, I'll, okay, how, how are you growing? What can I do with you? How can you serve me? How can I serve? Do you need to be cut back because then you grow even more, you know? So it's kind of knowing and working with the plant and they let you know if, if you're on the right track. (laughs) Mm, I want to highlight on something that you just said that I think really, um, brings this whole relationship with plants into such a deeper level is really regarding them as conscious beings. Yeah. Regarding them as these spirits. I love how you use the word ally. And I wonder if you can speak a little more deeply into that. Cause I imagine there are a lot of listeners who maybe are in our sacred sister audience who 
um, who haven't established or haven't ever had like a paradigm shifting experience where they're like, oh yeah, I haven't really thought about that before. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times in plant medicine with psilocybin mushrooms or things Mm -hmm. like this, people can start regarding these literal medicine, (laughs) medicine Mm -hmm. spirits, beings. And um, will you just take us a little bit more deep into that? Yeah. So a plant ally is a plant or, you know, an, an ally, I guess, would be, you know, just someone you're really going to work with. So each year I choose a plant ally. Um, and for that year, I learn, I try to learn as much as I can about the plant. I, like I said, you know, you sit with it, you learn from it, you listen to it. Um, and I think having that relationship with the plant is just a way to both connect deeper with yourself, but with the plant and then being able to share with whomever you need to share this information with. So overall, I think a a plant ally is just really, it's like a deep, deep dive into a plant. And I always, you know, I, I speak to people all the time and I say, learning about one plant is going to benefit you more than trying to learn about 50 plants at once. You know, you want to dive deep into that one plant because you know, that plant will be there for you then rather than saying, well, I know a little bit about this one, a little bit about that one. You want to really, and it it helps with overwhelm too, right? You could walk out your door and see 40 plants that could be medicine to you. You can't learn it all like in a week. I'm still, I'm always going to be learning there. No one's going to ever know it all. So for me to really dive deep on one plant every year helps me to then just have this arsenal of information. And then when I see that plant, I know how to, you know, work with it. So that's one of my ways of, you know, having these plant allies that just, you know, they, I speak to them and they speak to me. Mm. I love this so much. (laughs) While you were talking about this, and especially when you said, I really want to sit with just one and really go deep to like soak up its knowledge. I was like, oh, Scorpio. (laughs) And I was looking (laughs) at your chart. (laughs) And I saw your sun is conjunct Neptune in Sagittarius in the house of Scorpio and then your Jupiter is in Scorpio. So like the the way that you soak up wisdom is Mm -hmm. like diving deep and like really intensified. Let me like take all of it out, passionately merge with its (laughs) spirits. Yes. And it's so beautiful because the power of Sagittarius is learning different languages right? And, and understanding symbolism. Mm-hmm. And for you, literally conjunct Neptune too, like nature and, and spirits and plants is like, you're literally learning the language of the plant and you're merging with their spirits together. So thank you so much for sharing that. And also I want to touch on something that you were mentioning in regards to weeds. Mm. as we are right now and so perfect we're in this this is also why we invited you on season seven it's the number seven this is the number of truth so we are really in the season seven we're inviting guests on that are bringing on different perspectives of things Mm. that we have seen like something for a long time Mm -hmm. and one of those things is seeing plants as allies 
And then the other thing is like weeds, right? Like how often have we judged a plant as a weed when in fact it is it is such a sturdy plant that it can grow anywhere. And when we really think about, okay, mother nature gave us this mm-hmm. because then we always have medicine available no matter where we are. Always, always. Yes. Um, yeah. Medicine is everywhere, you know, and whether you live on a 60 acre farm or you have a backyard garden or you're in the city, I've gone to many plant walks in a city and of course, you're going to be cautious of where you're harvesting your plants from, but they grow everywhere and they seem to, you know, appear when you might need them. So it's, you know, I think one of the, as somebody that may be living in the city, it's probably one of the best things for you to do is to pick a plant because then you're going to be like, okay, where can I find this plant? Let me go find a place to sit with this plant, you know, and it kind of just takes you out of that like hustle bustle of city life. So it kind of connects you, even if you are just in the park across the street, you know, with kids running everywhere. Um, so it, it, it's just, it amazes me sometimes where you find them or when they're presented to you. Mm. Hannah, this makes me want to ask you, can you share a bit of your experience? I loved everything that Shannon just said. And it makes me think of the plant walks that you've gone on with, um, who is it? It's like, there's some guide, there's some guide here in Las Vegas that takes Mm -hmm. you on nature walks and shows you some of the native plants that are Mm -hmm. growing in the area. You haven't you gone with Emma before or is that before Jacob came or how, how was that experience for you? Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. And ever since I've been wanting to go on more plant walks and I haven't found any because she moved away. She moved into the country. <laughs> so, but it was so such a beautiful teacher um, because she would take us out into the desert in Nevada, okay. where we live in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, and really teach us about the local plants there and which ones we can use as tea or what mm-hmm. are some of the benefits of the plants and what are the names. And it was really fun to go like on a little hike through the desert and then realize, mm-hmm. oh wow. Yes, it's the desert, but there's still oh, so yeah. much life growing here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's life everywhere. Um, and, you know, that's that's such a great example, too, because you think desert, okay, what am I going to find? I need to go somewhere in the woods or into somewhere lush. Or, um, but, I mean, some of the most powerful plants come, you know, from the desert or, like, a drier climate. And it's just really finding those you know, ways to get yourself into these, you know, not situations, but teachings and learnings on how you can start using these plants because yes, they're great to look at and, you know, learn about, but then it's like the whole fun part of like learning to use them and how to use them and why to use them. And that's what we love to teach too, is just, you know, incorporating one tincture into your daily routine, you know, then leads to maybe another tincture or using a hydrosol on your skin. So it's just different ways that plants are used as medicine that you could just start incorporating into your everyday life. And soon it just becomes habit. And, you know, you don't even think about, oh, this is medicine, you know? 
Yeah. And when you said that some of the most powerful plants are living in dry environments, can yeah. you share a little bit about what do you what do you mean by the most powerful ones? And can you name yeah. them and say why? Yeah. I mean, well, let's think about, you know, aloe dries, you know, almost it's like a succulent cactus. Um, amazing for any type of skin condition, amazing for our digestive system. If we were to, you know, um, ingest it, um, one that unfortunately is very over harvested right now, but is white sage. It's cleansing, it's purifying. It's, um, just something we, we grow it here. Unfortunately, it's just an annual, so it doesn't grow as a perennial. So we have to plant it every year, but we grow it just because of sustainability, um, from it being over harvested in the deserts, but it's one, I mean, you burn a little sage or make a little cup of sage tea and it just it could change your whole day. So, you know, just some of those and, and they're common, you know, they're pretty common. Most people know what aloe is. A lot of people know about burning sage. So it's these common, you know, plants that we have readily available for us. And if we are being sustainable and harvesting correctly or growing our own, they're, you know, they're there for, you know, the taking to use. I love that you just mentioned this, the harvesting aspect yeah. as well. And can you go a little bit more into that for anyone that um, is feeling into foraging plants in nature? What what are some of the rules in regards to how to harvest a plant? Um, yeah. currently? So there, I mean, there's definitely different ways of harvesting. Um, but if you are out in the wild, you know, and you're not growing it to harvest, um, I always teach, you know, ask the plant for permission because we don't want someone coming up to us and just pulling our hair or picking up, you know? So it's always asking the plant for permission. And I'll tell you, there are many times where the plant will kind of give a little, you know, they'll not fight back, but it'll be a little tougher. So that's when you might say, okay, maybe that's their way of saying not today. Um, we always say, don't, you know, harvest a ton from one plant. You want to take maybe a third if that, if that, um, and where you find one, I'm sure there's going to be many growing around it. So a little from each and always like to give something back. So they're giving you something you want to return something. It could be literally a piece of your hair. It could be a little dried herbs at the bot at the base of the plant. You know, anything that you could give back to the plant in thanks and gratitude is, you know, a practice we like to follow. Mm. Gosh, that makes me almost tear up. This is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious too, on a very pragmatic level, leaving of the hair, um, I believe, uh, gosh, when I first started uh, giving my moon blood to the plants and I learned that uh, moon blood provides three vital macronutrients that plants need in order to thrive, phosphorus, mm. nitrogen, potassium. Mm -hmm. I like kind of in that, that season of studies with like what you can give to plants to that benefit them. I want to say that I saw something about like, you can take the hair that comes off your head in the shower, ball it up and put it oh. in the soil of the plant. And apparently it's, I want to say the nitrogen in the hair or something like this, that either help. Yeah. 
probably helps, helps the soil. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Helps the soil. And I was like, <clears throat> is that like some kind of composting kind of like merging with, or is it that the hair exudes nitrogen and the plants are able to pick it up? I was curious if you knew anything yeah, about no, that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't. And the reason why I always say hair is because you, you know, sometimes you don't bring your little pouch of dried herbs with you, or if you're, you know, out and about and you see some, you're not always prepared. Um, so the hair, you know, usually is always something you could pull one strand out, you know, we've all done it and leave that as an offering. I've seen others who sometimes might um, leave like a little saliva or something, you know, it's something we have that we're physically giving to the plants. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love how that's like a ritual. And then there's also this scientific. Yeah. With it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know about the, the, um, like the components of the hair being good for the soil. I would, you know, I was just more of an offering, but I'm going to look into that. I like that. Yeah. I was really surprised to learn about it too. It's, um, so interesting. I've been curious to just kind of go a little more deep into essences because that is a realm that I myself have experienced such wild beauty within. And like I mentioned at the beginning about it being such a subtle, such a subtle piece in my experience at least, and I would love to just hear from an herbalist perspective, the first flower and gem essence that I started taking, and I just brought it up here by Anima Mundi Herbals, um, they no longer sell it, but it's called Lux. And I had been talking to a friend about how I just would, I was soaking in other people's energy so much. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I really started learning about spiritual protection and really curating a ritual for myself before I would leave my house in the morning (laughs) (laughs) to really just like hold my own energy and not be so permeable from everybody else. So this was given to me and this, I I was like, oh, what were the pieces in it? What were the plants? Because I remember Mm -hmm. it was black tourmaline. And I just looked it up. It's yarrow, ocotillo, and wild crafted flower. And then um, mixed with the black tourmaline as well. I'm really curious if you can just offer some insight on this because when I would take that mm-hmm. and have my ritual of, okay, energetically, I'm I'm putting myself in my little eggshell or my bubble and enacting this sort of energetic union communion with the plants as well. It's like, I feel like years ago, there were so many people that would think you take this stuff and then it's like a magic potion and you're, you know, going to, your world's going to come alive like the land of Snow White and, (laughs) you know, all the animals are going to start singing and everything's going to be changed, (laughs) but it's like such a subtle um, relationship, right? With your energy, your intention. Yeah. Can you speak a little more deeply into that? Yeah. So flower essences are a, um, a medicine that is used on the energy or spiritual level. So absolutely. Um, I, I don't ever really suggest them for any type of like ailment or, you know, digestive or, you know, congestion, anything like that. It's not, that's not the type of medicine like you use. So flower essences are literally the essence of the flower. So you're just letting them sit with some water, spring water, um, 
in the sun, getting that essence. A homeopathic type medicine because of the small, small doses. And the reason being is because it's getting into all those little nooks and crannies in us that a lot of other medicines don't. So it really gets into like a cellular level and it is on that emotional, spiritual level. So, you know, if, like you said, putting up boundaries or, um, you know, having a conflict with a coworker and you're trying to work through it. So it's a lot of, uh, I always say, you know, for folks that come in and don't necessarily understand, it's more like mind body medicine rather than, you know, something you're going to take. So I find them to be very powerful. One of my favorites is daylily flower essence. We grow daylilies here. So we make the essences, um, the flower essences from our flowers and it's for a deep calm and I use it for deep calm. So that's, you know, whether I'm going to, you know, just sit and be quiet and be within for a bit. If it's, I'm going out to sit with a plant, sometimes you need to kind of just calm yourself, your mind. Um, and I love to kind of put them in, like if I have my water bottle with me to sip on them throughout the day. So then, you know, you could even do that for like boundaries, you know, you know, you're going somewhere where it's going to be a lot. Um, you know, you could kind of sip on them because they are so low dose. There's no like counteraction with any type of medication because it's really flour and water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they, they are They're there. It's an amazing medicine, but a lot of people just don't can't wrap their head around why, like you said, <laughs> it's not like a magic pill, you know, and you have to kind of work with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you recommend using spring water for the flower essences? I, I have used yeah. alcohol before. So um, we do use alcohol to um, then preserve it. Mm -hmm. So we let the flower sit in the, um, spring water. Mm -hmm. And then we do, once we strain off the flower, we use brandy as a preservative because if not, the water would go off, you know, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be great. Got it. Beautiful. And how much, um, alcohol do you put into it? I'm just curious. We usually do like a 50, 50. Mm -hmm. So spring water to alcohol. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I love how you use all your, all your medicine that you're creating is from your local garden or you're foraging around locally. Um, can you share a little bit about what do you, what are the different pieces? We talked about flower essences, but what <laughs> are the different pieces that can make with plants? What kind of medicine? Oh, yeah. Um, so we grow here at home um, and then we also have an herb farm about an hour north of us still in Jersey, but about an hour north. And that's where we grow a majority of our medicinal herbs. Um, so what we make from them is, you know, we'll make tinctures, we'll infuse oils to then make a salve. We do hydrosol. So that's the distillation of a plant, a steam distillation. We make, um, Elderberry syrup is one of our top products, especially this time of year. Uh, we make a fire tonic, which is very close to your fire ciders that I'm sure many have heard about. Also great for immunity. 
we make um, elixirs and oxymels. Um, what else we make? We do make a, a hydrosol, but it's with um, mugwort and sage. So we use it more as like a protective type of spray to use, um, whether it's on yourself or, you know, within your area. Uh, the flower essences, I'm trying to like go around the store and see what we have. Um, I'm on your website right now too. Oh. I'm like so in love with your branding and just everything oh, about your site. You. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we try to incorporate, you know, we're going to be getting into infused vinegars. We've done a few infused honeys. Um, always not the easiest of medicines to make, um, but really just trying to incorporate and to teach others how they could use this in their everyday life. So even if you have one infused vinegar and you put it over your salad for dinner, you know, you're just, you're getting that medicine and it, to many, you're not even thinking about, oh, it's just a vinegar, you know, but once you start infusing these things with, um, you know, herbs, medicinal herbs or plants, you're going to see a shift. Totally. All the kitchen witches out there right yes. now, like myself, I was like, oh, yes, infused vinegar. <laughs> so when you infuse them, do you just add them into the vinegar or is there a certain ritual that you do? Do you ever hear words like personal transformation and spiritual expansion, but don't quite know what that consists of or how to get started? Today, I have a very special invitation for you as two beautiful 40-minute free freebies (laughs) have launched within the Hello Self world. My intention in creating these freebies was to make personal transformation and spiritual expansion approachable and inviting for everyone and anyone who wishes to enter the space. If you're more of a masculine learner, someone who loves diving into information based on pragmatic approaches, logic, detail-oriented, notation-taking, more of a student type of mindset who wants to sit down, learn, and loves a methodical process in order to do so, you're going to want to gain access to the seven pillar process of transformation, the 40 minute training that really takes you into what the seven pillars of transformation are and how you can begin endeavoring these processes today, right now in your own life. I've had clients give feedback to me that this free training alone has implemented absolutely life-changing results, and it's been a beautiful initiation process for them to begin dipping toes in the Hello Self world. If you find yourself as more of a feminine learner, someone who loves to feel deeply into an experience, to visualize, who loves guided meditations, who loves really sinking themselves into a process, then Adventure Your Inner Self Landscape is for you. Adventure Your Inner Self Landscape is a 40-minute guided meditation in which I take you through this really beautiful experience as you begin to literally adventure your own inner self-mapping system. Gaining awareness over what your current environment, climate, ecosystem, landscape really looks like adorning yourself to adventure a process, witnessing the future timeline that you're striding toward, and beginning to endeavor that journey. Both of these freebies are so power-filled, and I'm really excited to offer them to you. To gain access to these awesome freebies, go to my Instagram at Rising and click on the link in my bio, 
or you can head over to my website at BritlynLaBeouf.com. You can also find the links to download in the episode description of this episode. Enjoy and may your personal transformation process and pathway be power-filled, illuminating, and deliver you to turn your wildest dreams into your most abundant reality. Um, I mean, it depends. So doing it commercially for our shop um, is sometimes a little different than what we do at home, mm-hmm. just because we need to have everything batches and, you know, proper, you know, measurements because it's on a consistent, you know, level that we're, people are buying it. But at home, yes, um, it's, we tend to use the folk method at home, which is kind of where you're just, like you just said, you're a kitchen witch. You're just, you know, working with the plants you're adding, you're not measuring, it's nothing real scientific. Um, so yes, we do like to do that for our own selves. And if we're just sharing with friends or friends and family, um, but for the vinegars, we're usually infusing them for about four to six weeks. So we'll have fresh plant material. We'll cover it with vinegar and then let it sit. Um, we then tend to, you know, go in and shake it every few days, um, just to make sure everything's, you know, incorporating well, but, um, yeah, so plant medicine isn't a quick, a quick process. Mm. A lot of things are four to six, six to eight weeks that you're letting things infuse. So the medicinal uh, constituents of the plant could kind of infuse with whatever you're making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a um, beautiful way to slow down. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's, yeah, it's like slow living, you know, it's, you go out, you could harvest, you come in, you know, you make your medicine and then it's literally a waiting game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're making just a cup of tea or something like that. Usually there is some length of time where you've got to wait, which makes it so much better though. Mm-hmm. Even when you- oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. I was going to say just like that anticipation, like you've got like this medicine brewing, you know? So it's like, Okay, just another few weeks and then I could, you know, decant it or strain it and then start using it. Yeah, so fun. And you were just mentioning about the tea. Um, and I haven't been using tea bags for a mm. while, but I know that many, you know, I and I use tea bags for a long time in my life. Oh yeah. Um, but the commercial tea bags, you know, when I started learning what is actually in the tea bag. And there are chemicals in it and it's synthetic. Plastic, and, and I'm like, yeah. what is it? And there's plastic in the tea bags. And there's plastic in it. And then that's like infused with it. Hot water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I need to, I need to shift that. So I bought these little like um kind of bags or like also a metal piece that I can put inside my yep. teacup. And then I put the, the herbs in there mm-hmm. um, and place the hot water over it. And yeah, I just wanted to share that because that was a huge piece for me. That was a huge shift for me starting to work with plants more deeply when I realized what is tea truly, you know, it's literally just like little plants in a tea bag and we're putting it inside a hot water and we can literally do that with the plants that we're potentially harvesting from our own garden or from our own little, um, 
you know, inside our kitchen that we can mm-hmm. grow and we oh, can yeah. place that in there. Yeah. And, and teas are one of the best forms of medicine because like you said, they're so readily available. You know, you could buy loose tea pretty much in any store you go into. It's, it, you know, it, it's very available and you don't necessarily have to go out and harvest. And we always say, you know, you need to do what's going to work for you. So if you're not going to take a tincture, then I'm not going to suggest you buy a tincture, use a tincture, mm-hmm. because then it's just going to sit in a cabinet. You know, we want to make it as easy for you to use it on a, you know, regular basis. So, you know, people say you need to take this, you need to do this. No, if you rather sit and brew a cup of tea and not take a tincture, then drink your tea. You know, that's a great way to get your medicine in. And uh, sometimes people are like, oh, I didn't even think of that. You know, like you get to make the choice on how, like what is convenient for you? Because when it comes down to it, a lot of it comes to convenience, you know? Um, some folks may not have the time to put the tea kettle on and brew some water in the morning. So they rather a tincture because they could put it in their bag and go. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, just learning to work with what's going to work for you. So you, so it becomes, you know, your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's so important making it super accessible, not intimidating, grab and go. Yeah. It's like you can yep. get as deep into it and take as much time or just make it as, you know, easeful for yourself to do. Yep. Cause I think that's something that people can have misconceptions around like more natural ways of living, natural medicine. Mm-hmm. It's like, placing it in a box and being like, oh, I, I'm not that kind of person. I don't yeah. live that kind of lifestyle. I don't have all the time in the world. And, you know, I can't make everything yeah. from scratch. Whereas people like me, I really started feeling empowered when I learned of Herbally Grounded, the um, shop here mm-hmm. and went inside for the first time and saw just like <laughs> floor to ceiling, um, jars. Yeah. Jars of the herbs. And then I was like, Oh my God. Again, the kitchen witch in me came out and I was like, I can make my own sleepy time teas. Yeah. yeah. I went there and, you know, it's fun to even try like making a batch with these ones here. And then the next time you try these ones here, I don't like the taste. And Mm -hmm. it's like a a real curation and you get to be a part of that process every single step of the way. Oh yeah. And that's, and and, and that's the fun and the joy of it, right? Like what works for you may not work for me and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not that we're going to the doctor and just being prescribed the same thing and saying, okay, well, this is going to help this. Yeah. No, you're, you know, something you may take for anxiety may make my anxiety worse. Mm. So it, it's really, and it's a great way to learn about yourself <laughs> too. You know, what, what can I do for myself um, to help myself? Mm-hmm. That's such deep medicine right there. And it's such a that's one of the big differences truly between allopathic and the natural medicine. And do you want to dive deeper into like what you've learned? Um yeah. Seeing the differences between the Western medical system and actually healing in mm-hmm. sync with nature. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I grew up, you know just running to the CBS or the Walgreens and grabbing what we needed. It, this wasn't part of my life growing up. So I'm, I'm not going to say that I've never, you know, lived that or have never taken over the counter medicine. But um, now that I'm in it and realizing that, 
okay, maybe a cup of peppermint tea will help an upset stomach or some chamomile tea in the evening, you know, helps me relax. It's, it's so eye-opening to see how many people though are shifting. So when I first started this, it was very, very like, what is she doing? Why is she doing it? You know, kind of that whole, you're woo-woo type of thing. (laughs) Now though, and maybe because I'm exposed to more people coming into the store and I'm speaking to more people, that people are starting to like turn a bit. Like they're starting to understand, okay, all of this crap I've been putting in my body for so long is not going to work. This is not working. So, I mean, as for myself, um, I mean, we, from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, well, you know, from tinctures to teas to all different things I'm taking. And some days I don't take anything cause I'm not, you know, I feel fine. And other days, if I'm feeling sluggish or I don't feel well, yes, there's going to be things I turn to, to take. And lucky for me, I have that, you know, apothecary of stuff, but, um, I think there is a, a slight shift that I do see happening with folks. Um, and I think the more we make it accessible, the more we make it a normal thing, um, people will be open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And especially especially as a mother, I feel that that was really what shifted so much for me when I got pregnant. And I was, you know, first of all, I was like, I'm not going to go into the hospital. So <laughs> how does natural birth work? I delve into all of that. And then with that also came question of vaccines. And then with that came question of, you know, what's going to be the doctor of my baby? And, you know, all yeah. these things that you have to decide when becoming a mother. Right. And that's when I realized, okay, I want to go into deeper into learning about how I can heal my child in the most way. And so we don't go to doctors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We literally like anything that my children and I'm grateful that we have been at this place. I mean, we had to go to the emergency room um, because of my child's febrile seizures Mm. and we know what was going on that was before we really understood what was happening but Mm -hmm. then even after that we worked with cbd oils and and natural pieces to help with that food food is such a huge you know what you eat every day is so like you know things like that it's just okay let me try shifting what i'm eating or doing and let's see if that works before Yeah, I I hear all of that. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like this next level of leadership that I took on in, okay, I am the healer in my Mm -hmm. family. And Mm -hmm. how can I make that in the most convenient way too, you know, because motherhood is also hard. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't want, sometimes you don't have the time to spend, you know, hours in the kitchen or in the garden or out foraging. I, yeah. And that's what it, it becomes that accessibility. Like, okay, if I do maybe these two, three, four things, then this will be good for this. And I'll have like, that's in my back pocket, you know, like kind of thing. Yeah. One of my go-tos is elderberry syrup. Mm. Like that's been since the beginning of being yeah. a mom. <laughs> um, it's actually a mother here in Las Vegas who started it. 
And I watched her throughout these last six years. I watched her grow it into a big business. It's been so beautiful to see. She was like um, single mom with five kids, I want to say. And she just started doing it on her own and and created a business out of it. So, and I always supported her and I always want to, you know, have this like locally made uh, elderberry syrup. And now she has all kinds of different pieces that she adds into it to make it even more potent. And that's our go-to. And just recently I actually started using honey from her. She has local honey and infuse it with ginger, garlic, and turmeric. And that has been so I mean, powerful. There's your cough and cold medicine right there. You know, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Hannah, do you want to name drop her? Just give a plug to her oh, business yeah. right now for anyone and everyone in Las Vegas who wants to order from her. <laughs> yes. Um, her name is Christina and her uh, business is Elderberry Source. Las Vegas. Elderberry source, Las Vegas. <laughs> and she has more medicine in the on the website too. Um, but yeah, so she started with elderberries. And it's like, it's so funny because we have these plant medicines and then when we take the allopathic medicine, you know, even a fever medication, like oh, ty- child, children's Tylenol or Motrin or what, what is so easily available for parents and it's such a go-to for so many even people that are like really natural oriented I'm surprised how many are still using Tylenol and Motrin as like a standard and then you look into the side effects when you like actually read the side effects and the crazy part is that we as society I remember when I asked my mom about it when I was a kid I was like wow look at all these why is there such a big package slip with all these potential side effects? And she's like, that's just what medicine is. Mm-hmm. And to think that like, even just going on a fever, that's your body's way of like working through, like sometimes you need to have that fever in order to help, you know, taking a Tylenol or a Motrin is just going to suppress that. You're not getting to the root. And, you know, I, I, it's just your body's way of working things out. And yes, at some point there may, you may need some sort of intervention if it's getting way too high, but, you know, I see it a lot, especially on like, you know, different groups I'm in. And, you know, the minute it's like 101 fever, you know, the panic sets in, but I I think then that's, you know, my job, your job, anyone's job who's aware is to then kind of, that's, that's our chance to educate and be like, you know, listen, you know, yes, everyone's going to have their choice and everyone's going to do what they feel comfortable doing. But, you know, it's the education that a lot of us don't have that, that it's, they're just doing what they know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not, all about awareness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we have forgotten the wisdom of nature and the yes. wisdom of plants. And would you say with your with your plant medicine, does it come with like a slip of side effects? Oh, hundreds. No. <laughs> well, it, no. It, go ahead. I'm curious to know your answer. And then I want to take us deeper in that direction. Yeah. Um, no, it, it doesn't. But herbs definitely can interact differently with people. You know, so I always say, you know, my biggest thing is I don't know everything about you. I don't know everything about you. Um, You need to do your own research too. 
-hmm. And a lot of people just think because you say, you know, and I see it on Instagram. I see it when we, you know, post things, you didn't give all the information. You didn't say this could do this to this. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to know every, you know, interaction with the medication or what you may have may be different than the other ones. So we really are our own best researchers and advocates and, you know, we need to know ourselves. Mm. So my response to that is like, do you just believe everything you hear and see? You know what I mean? Like some people just take too much. Um, but we have to, we have to know ourselves in order to heal ourselves. We can't just go on with someone saying, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I think conversations like this are so important. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've really just started coming into myself. I'm 26 weeks pregnant today. And I remember, so we've had uh, three miscarriages in the past. We had two last year. And uh, I was at a moon ceremony earlier uh, in the early days of this pregnancy. And um, we were served this tincture and she was letting us know what the elixir was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something just pulling in the mm-hmm. back of my head. Remember Hannah, we went to that one together Yeah, and, um, just pulling at the back of my consciousness that was like, don't take that. And I was like, it was surprising to me because yeah. I had never, I had never experienced anything like that. I'm always the one that's like, oh, let me taste, <laughs> let me try, let me do And then I reached for my phone and I grabbed it and I think it had included mugwort or something Mm. like this. But during pregnancy, what I learned is that mugwort can have an effect on women's bodies that make the uterus contract or something like this and could either induce early labor or um, cause a miscarriage. See, it's pieces like these. So I I walked away from that experience simultaneously being like, Ooh, I need to educate myself on these things. And, um, and I do feel like it is a bit of a ceremonialist's responsibility to at least mention it when you're hosting space for, you know, dozens and dozens of people, Mm -hmm. the odds are probably one of them's pregnant or trying to become pregnant or something like that. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just, you know, a one sentence piece, this is for this, not for this. If you are with this, use caution, something like that. Um, even just to put it on the surface level awareness that there is even something to look into in the first place. Right. Yes. Because a couple weeks ago I was at another moon ceremony (laughs) (laughs) and there was another herb and whatever was being passed around. And again, I got that feeling Mm -hmm. and I was like, Ooh, do you know if this is safe for pregnancy? And the girl next to me was like, Oh, it's natural. That's okay. So long as it's natural, it's going to be okay. And I looked at her, I didn't know her that well, but I was in my mind, I was like, that is not true. No, definitely not. And you don't want to be kind of confrontational, but it's important to be like, just because it comes from the ground, these plants can kill you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they could have, like I said, you know, whether it's an allergy or if yes, a woman is pregnant or breastfeeding or anything like that, um, yeah, I, yeah, plants definitely are not for everybody. And like I said, it could work great for me. You could have an adverse effect to it and it could be great for Hannah. It, you know, it, it goes all over the spectrum. Um, so to say that they're safe because they're natural is 
quite a misconception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and again, I think that's why it's important to have these conversations because otherwise we really don't know. Right. We really don't know. We're unaware. Right. And, and that's why I always say too, is to, you know, to just do a little research, yeah. you know, on, if I'm talking to, you know, and I'm not saying a hundred thousand people see a post that I make, but I'm talking to a very wide range of people. There's yeah. no way I could go down the list of things to say, you know, this is going to interact with maybe this medication, this medication, this medication, you know? So it's, it's interesting how it, it you just need to be aware, you know? Yeah. And there are, and there are even some plants that are for miscarriages to help women abort, you know, and it's in the most natural way. And I feel like that's another piece how plant medicine can be so helpful for us women learning about them, what, what helps with fertility, what helps with abortion, you know, because like we have this whole conversation in regards to abortion rights and in regards to, you know, even a lot of people are becoming aware of the danger, the dangerous side effects of birth control mm-hmm. and are going back into, okay, how can I work more naturally actually okay. with my body? And I'm actually just, you know, fertile for five days out of the month. So how can I track that so that right. I can be more conscious about that? Is there, is that something that you do as well? Like in regards to fertility and in regards to like the, the women's bodies in particular? Um, we work some with some herbs that, you know, could be used, um, not a ton. So we try to, we're trying to use as many of the herbs as we grow at, in our products. So, you know, we work with a lot of like anxiety herbs, sleep herbs. Um, so we do have like some gaps in what we are offering just because either they don't grow well here or we're just not growing them. So our whole thing really is to work like from, you know, seed to product is kind of like our, you know, um, yes, we are using other herbs that don't grow here. Cinnamon's not growing anywhere in the States. So we are, you know, getting that elsewhere, but our big thing is really to work with the, you know, 60 or so plants that we're growing and kind of hone in on them. So we do have some for, I would say more like on the hormonal side of it rather than, you know, to help with fertility. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of herbs that do, you know, that could help on either side. What would you say is the difference between herbs and plants? Because plant herbs are plants. Yeah, 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 they are. Um, I don't think there is much of a difference. You know, you have like, I guess it's just another term. So medicinal plants or medicinal herbs. They're, I, yeah, they're all plants. I think people, I guess, sometimes think of herbs more as like a culinary term too. Mm-hmm. You know, your kitchen herbs or something like that. Like um, you want to eat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of herbs or medicinal herbs you do not want to just like snack on. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel like we could be here all day. I know. (laughs) I feel like I'm just, I'm just super hyped to look more deeply into your website. And I want everyone to know too, that we're going to be linking 
everything within the Marinette Kitchen website and the market that you can find there on the description of this episode. And I was really curious. Um, I'm really inspired by the fact that you do farm apprenticeship. Can yeah, you talk a little bit about, Saturday. oh my gosh, yeah. well, congratulations. That's <laughs> such a beautiful way of serving your community. What does that consist of? And um, what would be like, who would be the ideal person that's looking to come and do a farm right. apprenticeship with Marinette Kitchen? Yeah. Um, so it's actually something my husband runs. Um, so he's, he's like the farmer of the family. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a 10 month program that we offer. Um, it's a very, very small group. It's for 14 folks. Um, and it's literally from seed to harvest. So we start seeds, uh, this weekend it will be our first succession of seeds that we're starting. So February, March, and April are usually all seed work, um, getting, you know, seeds planted, transplanted out into the greenhouse. And then the other seven months are spent up on the farm. And that is, uh, planting, harvesting, clearing land for more planting, uh, medicine making, all of that. Wow. Yeah. So this is our third year doing it. And we just feel it's really for anybody. We've had folks that garden on their balcony and we've had folks that have worked on organic farms in Hawaii for months at a time. So it's really for anyone who wants to learn more about, you know, we're, we're only farming on a half an acre, so it's not a lot of space. We have about 5,000 plants in the ground. So herbs don't take up a lot of space, like your vegetable farm would. Um, so it's, it's nice that we could grow that much on a small scale. Uh, we are running out of room, (laughs) but we will, you know, see where that goes. But, um, ages 60 down to we actually have a high school girl this year she's I guess probably 18 she's homeschooled and she signed up so we're excited so So beautiful that's such a beautiful service truly especially when the young generations are learning it too and yeah and it's nice to have all like all ages all abilities on you know just different people are in all different stages. So it's nice to have that together too, because they're, they're learning from one another also. And I would also imagine that, you know, using it with, with so much devotion that you do mm-hmm. you're also, I'm sure using a very specific kind of fertilizer for the plants. Do you yeah. want to deeper into that too? So we don't, re- we don't really, we use compost and most of it's either from a local farm or at home, we have a five, uh, four bin compost that we just use from our, you know, table scraps and lawn scraps and stuff like that. Um, but we, we don't fertilize much. Um, if anything, we don't really add much other than compost. We don't use pesticides, herbicides, anything like that. And then any other amendment, um, we allow if we have a lot of trouble with astragalus, um, it just doesn't grow and it tends to attract a bug. Um, so the leaves just get attacked, but we plant it every year because the bugs then don't go to other plants. So it's almost like we're allowing the, that, you know, one insect to feed off of that all summer. And then a lot of the other 
you know, crops are just fine. Mm. So, so it's almost like giving back to the insect. Yeah, yeah it's almost like a natural way of, you know, helping the pest situation, I'd say. Mm. That's so inspiring to you. <laughs> I've just been like perusing clicking around your website and I just want to let everyone know too I see this blog here and I started clicking around inside of that so many insightful pieces whether it's um different recipes to try um different herbs like for instance I am g- about to go and repost this on one of the pregnancy like mom Facebooks that I'm on Last night, I was like, my eyes were open so wide because I was just seeing everyone talking about the antidepressants that they've just gotten onto because they fear postpartum depression and the doctor wants to put them on antidepressants since now. So their body gets used to it and it's super safe for everybody involved and, you know, it saved my life and all these things. I don't doubt that they necessarily saved their lives, but I clicked on a blog called herbs to help with postpartum depression. And again, I think it's just this awareness piece. So many people are removed, so deeply removed. All it takes is two generations to really like relieve a culture of a thing to initiate a new paradigm into the collective thought stream. And, um, I'm really excited to just share pieces like this because usually I am the only voice that's coming in, like with some alternative perspective and a lot of people are very responsive to it. And they're like, yeah, asking me about a blessing way and asking me about, you know, prayer and just Mm -hmm. all these different pieces that it's not any, it's not that anyone has things against things. They just don't know about it because no one talks about it because this, resurgence of natural wisdom and returning to the ways of our ancestors are just coming through within all of us as we step into it more deeply. Yeah. Yeah. I always said, like, I feel like this is like the new generation that, you know, maybe our grandparents or great grandparents had kind of, I feel like my parents' generation is where it it got lost. Right. Yeah. Right. We're bringing it back. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Through the embodied, through the embodied conversation and devotion of every single one of us listening to this podcast right now, every single one of us who are seated here in front of each other right now, I just want to, I feel like this, I wasn't anticipating, I didn't know how this conversation was going to go. That's the fun part about hosting a podcast. You always have an idea. (laughs) you have no idea exactly how the conversation is going to go. And I'm just so grateful for every single step of your path and how devoted you've been to serving the world in this way. Thank you so much. You're an amazing educator. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Your farm's freaking gorgeous. I'm like, oh, I want to come come out east and you can come visit. Oh my gosh. Yes. That would be so (laughs) fun. I never knew I needed to get to New Jersey right away. (laughs) Who knew? Oh, beautiful. Yes. So we are at the end of our interview and this is where we love to ask three sacred questions and you can just answer them in a very short format, whatever comes through. And we ask that to every guest, the same three sacred questions. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number one is what does sacred mean to you? Oh, Mm. I would say 
Love and knowledge. Beautiful. And who is a sacred sister to you? And what does it mean to have a sacred sister to you? I'm going to have to go with my mentor and friend, Robin Rose Bennett. And not only has she taught me so much of what I know, um, but it's uh, her, her teachings that I feel are what's going to, you know, really bring this enlightenment and knowledge to more. It's her sharings. And how do you make something normal or mundane into something magical or sacred? Um, I'm going to go with making tea from the harvesting of it to bringing it in to sitting with it for a moment and allowing myself to feel, you know, those first few sips. Um, yeah, it, it, it's become more of a, you know, I would say a ritual than just a cup of tea. It's nourishing myself and my mind. So, yeah. I know Britt just got this beautiful tea uh, set and I had one from my husband uh, three years ago and it's just it's just a different level when you have like a cute little yes. teapot and these little teacups and it's like a whole like you said it's a whole ritual it's not like oh let yeah. me just throw this tea back in put some hot water right. on or, but like oh let me really commune with the plant for a moment set an intention and and even feel the plant in your hands before yeah. you put it in. It's and it could just down. be a moment too, which is nice because mm -hmm. it's not a, you know, I, I'm not spending a half hour to make a cup of tea, you know? <laughs> so I'd like to make that known too, that, you know, these little things you do could be rituals, but they could take just moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another pleasurous part of the practice because it can be this moment I know for myself, the first time I ever heard tea leaves talking to me was during a traditional tea ceremony that mm -hmm. I sat in last January. And it's like, what? Who's who's coming through who's right now? Yeah. Who's talking to me? Wow, that's really deep. And just the tears mm -hmm. dreaming, the fact that it can slow you to the pace of presence of yeah. the, the, the tea leaves as they're growing. Oh. Oh my gosh, such deep medicine. <laughs> I'm going to go make some tea right now. Yes. Everyone go make some tea. Wow, Shannon, we just want to thank you so, so, so. Back to your beautiful shares and again for this beautiful farm that you've stepped into and thanking your husband, the beautiful masculine who's really tending to and caring for that. Congratulations on selling out the apprenticeship for this year. You can um, sign up for the 2024 apprenticeship uh, wait list. Are there any other courses or anything that you're launching right now? Um, we will be launching uh, the first day of spring, a online community with courses and, you know, Q and A live streams and stuff like that. Oh, that's exciting. And then yeah, because right now, I mean, it's so limited to us teaching just locally. So we wanted to expand it to, you know, everyone. 
beautiful. That's how Sacred Sister Podcast got started. <laughs> We've reached vastly many more people yes, in this yes. when we decided to take it global. Um, all the best on those endeavors. Thank and you. Um, yeah. Oh, also, we want to thank all of the sacred beings who are with us here at the end of the episode. Sacred Sister Podcast would not be what it is without your beautiful eyes and ears, your listenership, your shares, and your support. Thank you so much for caring about expanding consciousness and deepening awareness. We love being in this space with you, and we look forward to sharing space in the next episode with you. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, beloved. If you found the ideas, concept, message, and mission to be in alignment with what you want to see and hear rippling throughout the collective, for heaven's sake, we invite you to be a part of that ripple creation and share it with your sacred sisters, brothers, and beings alike. You have no idea the impact a simple share can make in someone's day, in their life, in their growth. Another way to share your support is by leaving us a rating or review on the app you're tuning into this from. If your Instagram feed is in need of more uplifting, conscious, spiritual content, follow us at Sacred Sister Podcast. So with that being said, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you in the next episode. Namaste, beloved. Bye.